At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone but not just anyone alma is there to help you find the right fit visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today that's helloalma.com therapy 30 hey i'm brett podolsky co-founder of the farmer's dog we make fresh food for dogs we started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog jada when she stopped eating ultra processed kibble and started eating fresh whole food the farmer's dog food isn't fancy it's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs it's better for them and easier for you get 50 percent off your first box at the slash podcast that's the slash podcast you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. What's up, Faithful? You're listening to another episode of the 49ers Web Zone, a no-huddle podcast, a part of the Odyssey Network. I'm Brian, he's Al, and listen, the 49ers came out of this bye, and like Idris Elba, the uh, the great character actor from, from England, and, and one of his most iconic characters from The Wire, Stringer Bell, said, uh, the 49ers wanted the league to know, hey, put the message out there, we're back, and they were back in a big way on Sunday. Absolutely. Just, I don't even want dominating is not even the right word. Just obliterating the mm-hmm. formerly six and two on a five game winning streak, Jacksonville Jaguars 34 to three. There's a lot of positives to take away from this game. Very few negatives. Uh, Al, how was your Sunday sitting at that bar uh, drinking and enjoying uh, some pretty impressive football. I mean, I'm paying for it today a little bit, but it, it was it was definitely <laughs> worth it. Um, it was one of those days where you're like, yeah, I'm only gonna have two or three, and then you look up at halftime, and it's 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 already gone to hell. But um, it was fun to do, man. Like I said, I needed a day like that. So, but listen, if you watched the 49ers play the Cowboys, and then you went into a coma for a month, and you woke up, you would say, oh, well, this just looks like the 49ers. But I would think. I hope everyone listening to this show did not have that happen to them. So they saw the struggles for the last three, four weeks, well, three, three games. And what was this team going to come out like in the boxes? I wanted to see checked was block was Brock Purdy going to play a complete game. Was the defense going to look like the defense and were the Avengers essentially what it is. Was it Avengers (laughs) assemble and the 49ers would look like the 49ers again. That's the thing I keep saying. And I saw Matt, Matt Miyoko actually said this too. He said, well, the defense looked like the defense. So I know that's not the best way to put it, but to me, that's the best way I can put it too. The 49ers looked like the 49ers. Mm-hmm. There's your analysis. It just looked like the team that they thought they would be. The defense looked like the defense and the defensive line we thought it would be. Brock Purdy was, 
I mean, I have so many stats on what he did that I'll give later. I thought he played a phenomenal game, absolutely phenomenal. And it was a response game for him. And he had everybody back. You had Debo, you had Trent. You had a defense now that was hopefully rested. You hope Dre Greenlaw still doesn't look like Dre Greenlaw to me, but I would hope he was he's, he's getting a little bit more on the mend. You had Chase Young in the fold. So were they going to look like, again, the Avengers, just this team of stars, which is what they are. Yeah. They're a team of stars that's going to come in. And when they have all of their stars, they're probably going to kick your ass. And, and that's what we saw. And that's what it was. And it was, uh, yeah, for all the, the worries we've been doing the past three weeks or so, this this was good to see because it put a lot of things to rest, at least for now. Yeah. And, you know, it goes to show uh, what Trent Williams means to this team what Debo Samuel means to this team, specifically the offense. And, you know, I think not only did, not only did they make changes on the defensive line with the addition of, of Chase Young, not only did they make changes on defense where Steve Wilkes was now down on the sideline, which seemed, seemed to do well, uh, you know, the, the players seemed to in, uh, appreciate him being down there. You saw a couple times, you know, he was, you know, celebrating in, in his own subdued manner. Uh, you they know, just he's not, some hugs. He's, yeah, just he's not going to, that's all he's, he's not going to be solid. He's not going to be Ryan's, but you know, he, he did, uh, he did Hargrave sack celebration when Hargrave yeah. came off the field after his sack, you know, he was, uh, very much given, uh, Avery Thomas, uh, hugs and daps, uh, when he made his, uh, his strip sack or not strip sacks, uh, strip tackle. Um, it's just, like we said, we had questions going into this game. Were they going to answer them? And 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 they answered them in in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And that was a an absolute thorough domination of a team that was vying for the number one seed in the AFC at six and two uh, when they played. So it it was just it was a fun game to watch. It was a, a great game to to really establish what this second half is going to look like as long as this team remains healthy. In fact, Colin Coward said today on his show that uh, a healthy 49ers team is by far and away the best team in the NFL. And it's not even close. And, and, you know, based on what this team has looked like when they were healthy, which is the first five weeks and then week 10, it's hard. It's hard to argue that, that that's not the case. And I guess I have to start with the defensive line because this team is built around the defensive line, right? They put a lot of resources into it. They put a lot of money into it. Hargrave makes 20 plus million. Eric Armstead makes a ton of money. Nick Bose is the highest paid player in the league. And you, you bring in Chase Young as an addition. This, the defensive line makes a ton of money. They needed to step up. They needed to kind of show who they were. And they did from the word go. Javon Hargrave was a problem in this game. From the first snap, just pushing people back into the pocket. He looked like the guy that the 49ers expected he would be when they gave him all that money. Mm. Dominating. The stuff he did with Philly last year, and I guess earlier in the year with the Niners too. Yeah. Absolutely dominant from the the inside. And then you have Nick Bosa, who, again, going back to what we said earlier, Nick Bosa looked like Nick Bosa. That's all it was. He played phenomenal. He he forced one of the interceptions with, I forget, was it Hufunga who picked it off? I don't remember, but Bosa was out there causing havoc. He's mm-hmm. got a sack and a half. He has a strip strip sack in there. He was just all over the place. He looked like 
an elite defender that we said, and, and Brian Baldinger had mentioned, you know, he's not looking like a Miles Garrett or T.J. Wow. Well, he did in this game. He, yeah. he looked like Nick Bosa. So that that was huge to see. Chase Young got in there with four pressures, and I, I think he had a half a sack too. Half sack, just yeah. fit right in. This defensive line dominated from the word go, and even even the changes that they made in the secondary. Brian Ambry Thomas, who the yeah. hell saw that coming? And he played terrific. <laughs> he he did. played the best game of his career. Not maybe it was. It was one hundred percent the best game of his career. Should have had the touchdown. I still don't know what the hell happened on that touchdown. Why the four nine sideline came? The four nine sideline came on the field. Is that why they called it back? I that's couldn't, why, I couldn't yeah. figure it out. That yep. was very deep into my enjoying my day, by the yeah. way. So maybe that's yeah. why I, I was I couldn't figure it out. But I was like, what the hell yeah. is going on? But um he looked he looked terrific and he clicked Lenore inside. And there there were a lot of times where Lawrence, well, I, Trevor Lawrence, I'm sorry. I don't want to mm-hmm. hear that he's a top whatever quarterback again. I just <laughs> uh, he's been I know he's got some offensive line problems and then nobody yeah. was gonna succeed against this Niners D, but he has not looked like an upper echelon QB this year. Anyway, there were a lot of times that he went back to throw and just froze. His first read, mm-hmm. froze. And then mm-hmm. there was nothing he could do because the rush was on him. So whatever was happening in the back end the previous three weeks where guys were just, you know, getting rid of the ball in two seconds and there was this cushion, wasn't wasn't there this week. And the defensive line got home, five sacks, mm-hmm. I think it was. So mm-hmm. everything you wanted to see, check, 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 check. Niners defense, if it stays like this, it's, it's going to be a dominant unit again for the rest of the year. Yeah, I would be interested to see what the numbers are in terms of uh, how much man coverage they played. It felt like they were playing more than they normally do. And it felt like that was, you know, we talked about it in the preview that Trevor Lawrence's QBR against man is so much lower than it is against zone. And Mm -hmm. it's largely because, uh, again, they are predicated on a really, you know, that offense is, is very much a, uh, it's an intricate offense. It's not a bruiser. It's not, you know, it's not, we're lining up with our guys and we're going to beat you. It's, it's very intricate. Mm-hmm. It's very, um, I don't know. I, I would almost say one dimensional. They don't really have a run game very much. And, you know, I think Lawrence has really lived on quick passes largely because of that offensive line. It's, it's pretty bad if we're being perfectly honest. Um, but you know, and, and zone beaters, RPOs, things like that. And it felt like the 49ers played a lot more man. And it really, it really made a big difference because the Jacksonville Jaguars receivers weren't winning on their routes. And so there really wasn't anywhere for Lawrence to go. And it is a perfect example of pass rush and coverage being married to each other. Mm right? The coverage was good, which meant the pass rush could get home. And you saw that in the, in the form of five sacks uh, on the day and, you know, two interceptions from Lawrence, a, a fumble from Lawrence, you know, they forced, what was it? Four turnovers total, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. and didn't, and didn't give up any, uh, obviously that's going to be a recipe for success. I just think this, this defense looked rested, um, they looked like some guys that may have been banged up, including Javon Hargrave, who was on the, you know, he was on the uh, injury report all week. He was questionable going into the game. Um, but again, he, he just, he dominated, but you know, it, it, it looked like, it looked like this team came out of the bye healthy and was ready to, to let everybody else know, as I said earlier, Hey, we're back. Like, you know, that wasn't us for those three weeks. And this is the stretch where they need to play this way because Mm -hmm. the schedule isn't easy. Um, You know, they've got Tampa Bay at home this week and you know, they can't take them lightly. 
and I don't think that they will. But then it's Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks. And, uh, man, that's a, a brutal stretch, especially with uh, that first Seahawks game being in Seattle on a short week on Thanksgiving. Uh, and then that that Eagles that Eagles game looms large in week in week 13. And uh, I am I am very much looking forward to that game uh, as I already had some Eagles fan just talk shit in my mentions uh, for no apparent reason whatsoever about Trent Williams. So um, it was it was the performance that we expect. And I would almost argue maybe even better because of the way that Ambry Thomas played, which is not something that we expected. Uh, but with Thomas on the field, that bumped Lenore inside and it kept Isaiah Oliver off the field. And I think that was a big, uh, a, a big boon for, for this team. And if Thomas can play like he did on Sunday moving forward, that's humongous. But even if he plays at 80% of what he played mm -hmm. on Sunday, that's still really good. And that's still enough to keep, Oliver on the uh, off the field and and Lenore in the slot. So um, all good things on the defensive side of the ball. Really nothing to to point at and be like, what's going on there? It was it, it was, was absolutely everything you'd want to see. Yeah, overwhelming. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And look, they got to 
to an NFC Championship game and should have gotten to the Super Bowl with Avery Thomas playing corner a couple of years ago. True. It's not, True. Like, it's not like they can't do that with him. Is is yeah. I'm not saying he's 1994 Deion Sanders, but he he can be serviceable if the pass rush gets there or whatever. So mm-hmm. you know, let's see what happens. It's one week, but but so far so good. Yeah. So the second box, Brian, that I wanted to check was Brock Purdy, because mm-hmm. it's easier said than done for a young quarterback. You're seeing it with Zach Wilson. You're seeing it with Mac Jones. It just gets in your head, man. Right. You have a few yeah. bad games. You have a few bad turnovers. Is it going to escalate? Is it going to snowball? Or are you going to come out and just put it behind you? You're going to have a short memory, and you're going to come out and just play a great game. And he was 19-26, 296 yeah. yards, three touchdowns. He was in complete control of this game from the word go. The only throw that you were like, eh, was his first touchdown pass, yes. which was one of those, no, 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 no. Yes. yes. We threw it up like, oh, <laughs> shit, dude, what are you yeah. doing? And what then it hits in the perfect doing? spot. And you were saying off before we started, you're like, listen, I was going crazy when he threw it. It doesn't mean it was a good decision. And Kyle said the same thing. Yeah. And you're right. It was not something Kyle probably wants to see again. That's part of Purdy's game. He's mm-hmm. going to take shots like that. Yeah. Sometimes it's going to backfire. And sometimes you're going to thread the needle to Brandon Ayuk. And he did. Yep. The throw to me that was probably my favorite Brock Purdy throw ever, ever, was the 66-yard touchdown to George Kittle. Kittle. Yeah. Yep. So – he pump fakes to Ayuk and the pocket mm-hmm. just collapses in his face. Mm-hmm. And everybody mm-hmm. who wants to knock his arm, his arm looked pretty good to me there. Pocket collapsing. He's got one-on-one with Kittle on the outside, just lays it right in there, 66 yards. And if you watch the replay, you could see Kyle Shanahan, like Kittle was maybe on the 25 and Kyle just turns around and just pumps his fist. It's a really cool, I yeah, retweeted it, like- it on my Twitter line from Brian Baldinger. It's a really cool yeah. image of Kyle just turning around and just pumping his fist after uh Kittle it was like right ball. after Kittle caught it. He was like, he didn't even need to look. He knew that that was a touchdown. Yeah, he knew. It was, really, yeah. it was really cool. So now yeah. Purdy, I told you there's – I just got a bunch of stats I'm going to throw out because yeah. it is crazy. And, again, has he has he had some bad moments? Sure. Does every sure. quarterback have bad moments? Did you just watch Trevor Lawrence play in this last game? Happens. But what he's doing for the majority of the time, there's it's been some historic stuff, man. So he's the second quarterback in NFL history with three games of three-plus touchdown passes and a passer rating of 140 or higher in his first two seasons. The only other person to do that is Kurt Warner. And Kurt Warner actually uh, quote, 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 quoted my tweet. Is that, is that what the kids yeah, are saying? tweeted, yeah. Um, yep. Which was kind of cool. I'd love to get Kurt on the show, but in the meantime, yeah. I'll take that. That was really cool. And Purdy is averaging about 260 yards a game, maybe 259 right now. I know there's the extra game right with 17 games now, but if he right. stays at this pace, he's going to throw for more yards than any 49ers quarterback in this franchise history. He'll throw for about 4,400, which will be more than um, Garcia and Young are the only two who threw for more than 4,000 49ers. Yeah. He currently leads the NFL with a QB rating of 109.9. The last 49ers QB to lead the NFL in rating was Steve Young in 1997. He would be the youngest quarterback to lead the league in QB rating. Tua did it last year at 24 years old. Nick Foles did it at 24 years old. Brock is 23 until the end of December. He'd be mm-hmm. the youngest QB to do it since Dan Marino was 22 years old in 1984. The guy, this is the not, reason he's wearing 13, baby. That's his, that's his man. Like this, this is not flash in the pan type stuff. This is some really crazy, yeah. crazy things that Brock Purdy is doing week in and week out. He had a PFF rating of 91.7 in this game. Just, just complete 
complete control. And Jacksonville's all leads, over it. So he also leads the league in QBR now, too. So it's QB rating and QBR. Oh, is it, isn't Josh stats. Allen? Yeah. He might no, be. He, so, he, he surpassed Josh Allen. I mean, now, granted, Allen needs to play. Is playing tonight. Play tonight is we're so playing Monday, we'll yeah. see. But as it stands right now, he is one and Josh Allen is two. So a couple other things. He was pressured. Um, this is from Chase Sr. Pressured on a career high 50% of his dropbacks, threw for a career mm-hmm. high 143 yards when pressured, eight, eight of 12 with two TDs. And on throws of 10 plus yards, eight of eight, 213 yeah. yards, three touchdowns with a perfect 158.3 rating. You're yeah. seeing a downfield game with this team now mm-hmm. that you haven't seen in previous years. Jimmy Grapple is not hitting that throw to no. George Kittle. That's and no. I'm not picking on Jimmy. He's just he was the quarterback right. before Purdy was here. He's not hitting the throw. It's a sack. Mm-hmm. It, it just is. He's making plays that are there going to be some mistakes that happen? Sure. But what he's given this team, man, if, if you see a game like that on the road going across the country after you played three of your arguably your worst games of your career and you come back with mm-hmm. that game, if he didn't yeah. earn respect for a lot of people, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is. You know, we were talking off air. One of the things Purdy said, I don't know if it was after the game or today. I think it was after the game. You know, somebody asked him essentially about kind of his aggressive nature. And that's the thing is you you look at Brock Purdy and you're like, that doesn't look like a guy that would want to be aggressive just simply because, again, he doesn't have the same physical tools that some of the guys that we really think about in terms of being aggressive at the quarterback position has, you know, like a Patrick Mahomes, like a Josh Allen. Right. And they're aggressive because they have the tools to be aggressive. They can fit the ball in tight windows. They've got rocket launchers attached to their shoulder. Brock Purdy doesn't have that, but he has enough. And that's the thing is, is I think that's, that's the one thing that has always really tempered expectations, if you will, of Brock Purdy again, is, is that, you know, he's a little bit shorter, doesn't have a a rocket of an Mm -hmm. arm, whatever. But I think what we're seeing is that he has enough and that's all it needs to be. It just needs to be enough. I don't know that there's a throw on the foot, you know, that he can't make in this offense specifically right now. Again, you know, is he going to be as successful in Kansas city as Patrick Mahomes is maybe not right, but it doesn't matter because he plays for the 49ers. So whatever, but that's what he said was he appreciates that Kyle and Brian Greasy, his quarterback coach, allow him to be aggressive. You know, they, what he said is they don't handcuff me. And that's interesting to me because, you know, if, if you, if you look at some of, of the scouting reports of Brock Purdy coming out of Iowa state, or you look, you talk to people who watched him play, you know, he was a bit of a chaos agent in, in Mm -hmm. Ames, Iowa, you know, he, for all the good that he did, there, there was some pretty bad as well. And, and a lot of that came with just trying to be too aggressive. And, you know, we, we really laud his decision-making and, and I, I still think he largely makes really good decisions on the football field, uh, but he will occasionally make a bad decision in the name of being aggressive. For example, that throw to Ayuk for the first touchdown, right? That was him being aggressive and making a bad decision because he's trying to be aggressive. Now it paid off. But Kyle Shanahan said that was that was probably the worst decision he's made since becoming quarterback on this team. And Kyle said it took me a while. It took me a while to get over it. And in my head, I'm like, you aren't over it, Kyle. Get it. <laughs> You're not over it yet. It's going to take you to like Thursday. 
but yeah. um but you know it it turned out to be a, a a positive right now if he throws that and it gets intercepted now all of a sudden that's a negative right and so the 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 chaos with which he plays has largely been good so far but we have seen it be bad and that has to do with like even that decision that interception against Cincinnati right where you know he's trying to be aggressive and making a play not understanding hey one even if you make this even if you make this throw uh it's being called back because you've already got offensive linemen down the field this was a busted run play you should just know you got to dirt that and move on um, right but again i don't think they i i don't think that they're trying to squeeze that out of him if you will you know and 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 it's interesting because you know Kyle Shanahan is a control freak and that's largely I think why he has liked Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy for the most part plays within the system and goes to where Kyle Shanahan wants him to go with the ball but he is aggressive enough to take the doubles instead of the singles to you know, that that play to Kittle, right? That was designed to go to Ayuk on a deep dig. And that's where that pump fake comes in. But that was covered. But Purdy recognized pre-snap, hey, Kittle's going to be one-on-one against a safety. So he pumps pump fakes to Ayuk and then, you know, puts it up to Kittle. And the reason that that pocket collapsed as quickly as it did is because the drop back that he took, if you look at where Ayuk is, it ties into where, that play is supposed to go to Brandon Ayuk. And so that pocket is muddy because he holds on to it longer than that play is designed to be held on to. But he did so because he knew Kittle was going to be one-on-one. Those are the kind of plays, like you said, that that quarterbacks in this in this system in San Francisco haven't made before. And that it it just goes to show just the nature of his game. And you know, one of the things that that I thought was interesting is and you tweeted this out. Um, I was looking for it and I, I think I retweeted it earlier. Uh, again, it's just more, um, it's just more Brock Purdy praise, but uh, Brock Purdy currently, what is his, uh, his average, uh, average completion is, I believe almost a yard more than, than the second, uh, yeah, the number two, it's Tua, right? At like yeah, 8.5 he's, Brock, and he's at 9.5. Brock is 9.3 yards per attempt. Yeah. And two is 8.5. And you know what I thought was interesting about that? Um, Matt Ryan was 9.3 in his, oh, his there you MVP go. season. Yeah. So Brock is thrown for, I think it's over 2,300 yards. 13 I, I, quarterbacks. I, I, I found your tweet. Okay. So you yeah. said 13, Thir- yeah, 13 quarterbacks have thrown for at least 2,200 yards this season. And the only one who's done that with less than 300 pass attempts is Brock Purdy, who has 250. 250 uh, so he leads the NFL it. with 9.3 yards per attempt. The next closest is Tua at 8.5. Um, so again, it, it just goes to show he's playing really efficiently, but it's not, it, it's not at the expense of explosion. And that's where I think he has elevated this offense to where it's at currently uh versus again Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, Nick Mullins, Bobby, you know, I keep mm. calling him Bobby Hoyer, Brian Hoyer, um, etc. And the third thing, obviously Purdy's gonna be better when he has all his weapons. And I wanted to see, okay, they've they've had these issues without Trent, without Debo. When you got when you got everybody back, 
when the Avengers are all there, what are you going to look like? And it was just, it was just a masterclass. And you could look at every single one of these guys. Let's, let's look at Trent Williams first. Mm -hmm. The best left tackle in the game. He is a hall of famer when he's out there. It, yes. it changes everything. And he was a little rusty in this game. And I still thought he dominated in some parts of it. I think he yeah. gave up four pressures. He had a hold, but he made a huge difference, especially when he's out there running, <laughs> running it's the wild. same speed as like linebackers or whatever else and just mowing people down. Just having Trent out there makes a, makes a huge difference. And Debo yeah. too. Debo didn't have a crazy statistical game. I think he had, uh, I think it was seven touches for 59 yards between rushing and, and then uh, touchdown, yeah. Receiving and and the big touchdown. He had the twenty three yard touchdown run. Yeah. So that was a big play. But again, just having him out there, and Purdy even said they mentioned it on the broadcast. He was like, just when I look at the huddle and I see Debo, I feel better. It makes me more confident. You know, I just just to know that he's out there. Ayuk had a very efficient game. He had three catches, fifty five yards in the touchdown. George Kittle has been a monster the last three games. Yeah. George Kittle seventeen catches, three hundred and forty three yards in a touchdown his last three games. He's quietly on pace for about about 1,050, 1,100 yards this year. And you would think early in the season he had a couple, you know, one catch for three-yard mm -hmm. games or whatever it was. And mm -hmm. you're like, ah, oh, Kittle's not having a big year. Well, all of a sudden he is. The only two tight ends yeah. who have more yards than him are Kelsey and, and TJ Hawkinson right now. So he's really come on. And then you have McCaffrey just doing McCaffrey things. He's like the only one who didn't score a touchdown this week. Right. So his streak, that was the, ends, that's the, really the only negative on, on offense. If you're, and if I didn't, I heard some people going back and forth. I didn't give a shit that they had him try to score on that drive. I know people I love were worried it. about getting hurt I and stuff, it. but I loved it too. The team looked like they were really into it. Mm -hmm. It's a record that, I mean, I don't know, in this day and age, if anybody's even going to tie him in Lenny Moore in, in this day and age of football. But if he gets it, that's going to be his record for a really long time. So I, mm -hmm. I don't blame it at all. There were a few he, plays I was like, he's Kyle, tied, right? He, he's yeah, they tied. tied. They're okay. tied at 18. So, the money more. Yeah. But yeah. I was thinking he had one play that was a little, I, I forget what the hell they were, but a couple of times he just kind of ran him into the line. I'm like, dude, Kyle, yeah. everybody knows he's getting the ball. Creative. Like yeah. pull something crazy out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. Have somebody throw a pick for him or something and see if you get away with it. But whatever. I had no issue with them doing it at all. Mm -hmm. um, I get if you're going to be like, well, he could have gotten hurt and then it's good. But again, this sure. is history. Everybody could also get it. hurt in the first quarter. Exactly. I, I had no issue with it whatsoever. So again, you just had, you had all the pieces in place. Is it going to look like the way it did earlier in the season? And, and absolutely. It was just picking up where they left off from Dallas. Cause you go to the Dallas game, you go to Cleveland, Debo gets hurt early and Trent Williams gets hurt early and they didn't look the same for three games. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. now you have everybody back and it looks just the way that it did in Dallas. Now, yeah. you have to stay healthy, and if one of those guys do go out again, because this team is very star-heavy, are they going to be able to play a little bit better? Will other people be, be able to step up? That remains to be seen. We'll see. But for right now, just cross your fingers. Everybody stays healthy because this is a, this is a scary offense when they're on the field. Yeah, and then another thing that I thought was, was interesting to see um, is – John Feliciano played really well at left guard. And I feel yep. like that bodes well moving forward because once Banks gets back, I think that you can now move Feliciano over to right guard uh, and and have Burford on the bench as, as, as a backup. Although, although I will give Burford his props. There was that one short yardage play, uh, and I don't even remember. I can't remember if it was the second half or the first half. 
but uh, McCaffrey gets stoned at the line and Burford just shoves him forward for the first down. Yeah, it was a heads yeah, up, play, heads up play, which was a heads up play by Burford. Um, so I wanted to give him props on that. But but again, you know, this is more about how things have gone all season. And, you know, for the most part, Burford's been probably the weakest link on the offensive line. So Feliciano had a great game. I believe that uh, I think he had um, I believe he is his PF rating was grade. high. Yeah. So his uh, his PFF grade was eighty one point seven. Uh, that was an 81.2 pass blocking grade and a 76.7 run blocking grade again per PFF. So, um, good game from, from Feliciano Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and the other thing about Trent Williams is, you know, even Trent said that his ankle was about 70 to 75% in this game. So hopefully he said he didn't do any further damage to it. So I don't know if, if he's going to be able to get to a hundred, uh, if he continues to play, I would venture to say not, but Hopefully mm-hmm. that doesn't get any worse. And, and again, you, you get to have your full team and your full complement of players as you go into this stretch of, you know, three games against the Seahawks and Eagles in what is it? It's not even a full 21 days. It's, you know, because one of them is a Thursday. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, a just a fun performance on offense. And and that's the other thing is they scored 34 points. Brock Purdy had 296 yards. There were only 26 pass attempts in this game, mm-hmm. um, which is, again, just goes to show the explosion that they are uh, operating with in, in the passing game. And I will say that, that the running game still really wasn't there, but at the same time, this Jacksonville team uh, is uh, th- was going into the game was ranked third against the run. So it's not like, you know, this is a poor run defense that they were going against. Um, it, it was a good run defense and they still put up yards on the ground. Um, and McCaffrey, you know, played better and, and Debo had his, had his rushes, but um, I would, I'll be interested to see uh, kind of if, if they can continue to, to get it going because, you know they're they're going to need that especially in the playoffs the other thing that that i th- that you know i'm not going to say questions were answered run defense is is a question that we had this yeah. jaguars team is not a good running team so um you know i don't think we answered that question um and and you know they're more of a finesse running team and and i don't think the 49ers have really had any problem with finesse running teams it's really the teams that run right at you that they've had trouble with like the browns um, and there's two of those teams in the NFC that they're going to have yes, to deal with in the lions and the yep. Eagles. So, uh, that's another thing where it's like, we'll see, you know, we'll see how things go, especially in week 13. Um, but you know, hard to point to anything that wasn't a positive, uh, in this game, man, the, the NFC, actually all the NFL right now, I was going to, we we're going to have Cynthia Freeland on this week on Wednesday. And I wanted to ask Cynthia about this. Like there's just such a disparity between like the really good teams. And then there's just so many teams that suck. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. There's so many teams that can't score points right now. I'm just, I don't know, kind of interested why, I guess. Mm-hmm. I saw something today. I think there's like something like 12 teams that have more more field goals than touchdowns or something like that. Nice. Um, which it's just, there's some of these games are just disgusting this year. I mean, did you try to watch the Sunday night game? Uh, no, I had no interest you, in that. You, you didn't even do that to yourself. <laughs> no, I, I can't no. turn away, but like just, you know, Zach, I know Aiden O'Connell's a rookie, but. Zach Wilson's terrible. You got mm-hmm. Tommy DeVito running out there. There's just some really, really bad teams. Mac Jones looks like he's going to be probably a career backup from now on after throwing maybe the worst pass I've ever seen to leave that game. <laughs> he had Mike Gusecki <laughs> open in the end zone, and he threw it yeah. like 10 feet too short. Um, somebody tweeted what he said. He's like, uh, when you say that's the the worst throw of Mac Jones' career, that's really saying something or something along those lines. It's pretty funny. But <laughs> There's a lot to choose like, from, yeah. Yeah, it's – like that was it. That was the pinnacle of bad for Mac Jones. So just a lot of shitty play, man. I mean, if you're looking, listening to Bill Simmons today, and they were trying to think of like just 15 QBs, and he's like, I may have to put Baker yeah. Mayfield in the top 15. Yeah. And right. I'm thinking about it. Holy shit, you like you might. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so many bad quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, Josh Dobbs think, is an awesome story right now, and obviously Stroud. I say I think that's part of 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 what you're talking about, right? That scoring is down, and it's just there's a dearth of good starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And there's like ten rookies that have started games. Yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's been some of the, some football has been ugly this year, man. It, it really has. It's been a weird it, a weird season in the NFL. And and the other thing is like you look across at the AFC, and last week you're like, oh god, the Ravens look like they're going to steamroll to the Super Bowl and then they lose to the Browns. And yeah. and Deshaun Watson looks like, you know, in the first half you're like laughing cuz he looks just like god awful and then he, yeah. and then he and then he has a 100% completion percentage in the second half against what was supposed to be the best defense in the NFL. So just a lot of weird kind of parody situations and and I don't feel like there's been just one team that you could point to and be like that is the dominant team in the nfl now there's only one team that is is still sporting one loss and that's the eagles but you watch them play and not that not that this isn't a recipe to continue to win but you know they're winning lots of close games and ugly games and and things like that which is great character building all of that Mm -hmm. you know for a team but they don't look dominant. They look, no. they look beatable. Um, but it's also just kind of the style that they play, right? Their, their whole goal is to just absolutely suffocate you on offense and take the air out of the ball. And then, you know, on defense, they're just trying to limit, you know, your explosives and, and that's kind of their, that's their MO. So uh, I'm just so excited for that matchup and, you know, as fans we can look ahead the the players won't but as fans we can um but but yeah it's there just doesn't feel that there's only one team that really feels like they're they can point to 
more than one performance in the season and be like, these were really dominating performances. And it is the 49ers with yeah, this win over the Jaguars and then the win over the Cowboys. Um, you know, and you could even point to a couple of those other victories early on in the season, uh, including over the Steelers, who are six and three. Six and three, uh, somehow. And, Probably the luckiest yeah. six and three team I've ever seen. Kenny Pickett has no six doubt. touchdown passes this year. They have six wins. It's incredible. It's but there's not. The only team that I, I think, well, I'm afraid of the Eagles for all the reasons you said. Yeah. And I'm afraid of the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes. But if you look at all the other teams, I love the Lions. I think they're going to win 13 games. They're fun as shit. I hope mm -hmm. they, if they, if it's not the 49ers, I hope it's them. But you could score on them. The, yeah. That ends up being a track meet or whatever. I, I feel good about the Niners against them, and I feel good about mm -hmm. what the Niners against against Goff. They do have a good running mm -hmm. game. Well, Dallas, look what the Ravens did to the Lions. Right, right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Dallas, we've seen the Niners own them. I'm not worried about them. There's no one else in the NFC that worries me. AFC, the Bills, I don't know what the hell's going on with that team. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. Miami never beats good teams. They destroy bad yeah. ones, but they seem to always yeah. lose against good teams. Again, Mahomes will always scare me, even though he's got shitty receivers. Ravens, Ravens scare me too. I, I don't that was a division loss. It was fluky. Mm -hmm. I know Lamar can be up and down in January, but they scare me. Bengals have to get to the playoffs. I mean, they just yeah. kicked the Niners' ass, so it's hard not to say that that they can't do the same thing. But in a rematch with the Niners are right, I, I you know I, I feel better about the Niners there too. Definitely. Jacksonville's a fraud. Am I missing anybody? I don't think so. No. So listen, the, uh, Niners the Houston this Texans, year, the Houston Texans, who are currently the seventh seed in the AFC, Jamico awesome. Ryan's and CJ Stroud, yeah. just an awesome. Let's story. go, Miko. Awesome story. This is the this year. If you get past the Eagles feel like the Niners have as good a chance as any of these recent years to, to, to upend yeah. the AFC. I just feel like it's not as strong as it has been, even though they have the great quarterbacks there or whatever else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like it. So this, listen, man, we've been talking about this season. You got to get through Philly, but, but this is the year, this is the year to get it done. And this week was a good start in the second half to move towards that. So what, one thing I thought was interesting and, and, and we can end on this because it's just an interesting thought experiment, but Jason Hurley, who, uh, tweets about the 49ers uh, and their salary cap uh, on Twitter. And uh, I found out today because I was just looking at his website. He's a fellow New Yorker, so you can appreciate that. Oh, okay. But um, he actually tweeted out um, a, I'm going to say a realistic, right? Um, contract extension for Chase Young to keep him in San Francisco. And I thought that was an interesting um, kind of an interesting thought experiment or just at the very least an interesting thought. You know, I think we, they, they traded for Chase Young and everyone's like, this is just a, you know, a one-year rental. Yeah. Um, but you know, you look at it and, and, and he's 24 years old and, you know, still young. Um, and, and I don't, you know, the contract that he tweeted out was essentially a contract that was five years, $110 million, but far less guarantees than, than what Nick Bosa had. And, and the way that he was able to structure it, you know, kept the, kept his salary, uh, salary cap hit low in 2024 and 2025. And then, you know, it started to escalate after that. But part of, part of what he talked about as well is, you know, by 2030, you know, in, in that contract, it was, you know, they were going to owe him something like 30, $30 million that season or whatever. But the way things are trending now, he also said that the salary cap will likely be over $300 million a year 
uh, by that time. And, and also the 49ers are only committed at that point to Nick Bosa that far mm-hmm. in the future as well. So I, I don't, I think if chase young plays well, I think the 49ers may look to extend him. And, you know, the, the thought that I kept thinking was, you know, they, they keep looking for somebody to play opposite Nick Bosa. And, you know, they drafted Drake, Drake Jackson in the second round last year. And, and, you know, that looks like it might not be, you know, or he might not be who they thought they, they were getting, although he's also still very young. He was 21 when he was drafted. So, you know, there's, there's still time for him, but if you can structure it in a way that allows you to keep him and also still do other things that you want to do, like extend Brandon Ayuk. I think that's a smart move. You know, the, the Hargrave deal is essentially a two-year deal. Um, you know, they can get out of yeah. it after two years. So, you know, you look at some of it and, and, you know, I think some people freak out like, well, why, how are we going to be able to extend him? And, you know, maybe, maybe his agents like, no, like we want a one-year prove it deal somewhere so that, mm-hmm. you know, if we have a huge season, we can get something in the, in the, you know, in the arena of Nick Bosa or whatever. But if you're Chase Young and and you have the kind of relationship you have with Nick Bosa and you already feel like you're in love with the locker room and the culture in San Francisco and you can lock in playing with, you know, one of your best friends in the world and, and, and mentor and Nick Bosa and still, you know, still reap, you know, bring in $110 million over five years. I, I don't think that's, that's the worst thing in the world. So it'll be interesting to see how things go. Um, you know, and, and, and a lot of, a lot of it is you can't guarantee him a lot just because of injury and things like that. But, um, man, he looked really good out there. He looked really good. That, that defensive line looked incredible with him out there. And, and if this, if this turns into more than just a half season rental for a third round comp pick, and you can extend him at a, a reasonable contract and, and, and keep him here, you know, to pair with Nick Bosa for the next three to five years, man, again, just absolute GM dominance right there. It's a good problem to have. All right, we're out of here. Thanks, everybody. Later. Nine zero three. One zero three. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.